cool. I and, dig uh, it. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying I dig it. Awesome. This is me digging it, digging on it, as it were. Well done. I'm Good a job. pod digger. That's what I am. There you go. Thank you. And the home of the Episode 93 of the Hit the Deck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And I don't know, 93, I know I've been hitting the 90s numbers a lot in these last few podcasts, but 93 seems significant to me for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's uh, like a race car number, like uh, what... What's card? Lightning McQueen? What number is he? He's like 95 or something, I think. So, yes, he's 95. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what 93 could possibly be. Maybe, no, I got nothing. Oh, well. Anyway, 93. That, this is episode 93. This episode is going to generate its own significance because we have got a show for you that you are going to enjoy. You can take that one to the bank or to the net. You can take that one to the net and... Goal it. I, I that's not an expression, but that's what you're gonna do. Cause well, you don't have to. I'm not. I'm not your daddy. I can't tell you what to do. You do you, man. It's all. It's all cool, baby. Wavy gravy, baby. We're just. We're just rapping. You and me and James and everything's just cool, cool, cool. I think. The 93 may stick in your head and is uh, homage to superfan Sue because her favorite player was Nedved growing up. So I think he was number 93, if memory serves. I think you are giving me far too much credit. That's what I think. <laughs> At least hopefully we'll make superfan Sue happy. Yeah, well, her, her devils made the playoffs. She should be happy yes, enough. Absolutely. You don't, you don't get to be happier, Sue. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's not true. You deserve all the happiness in the world. I, I'm not going to stand in your way. You be you be as happy as you want to be, baby. I don't I don't what's what's wrong with me? Why do I do these things, James? What? How do we still have listeners? Honestly, uh, I'm glad you're in a good mood, though. You know what? I don't know why. I'm wondering if 93 is like um, this is going to be weird. I had you remember Nintendo Power. Are you familiar with the, the magazine Nintendo Power? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I had Nintendo Power. I had a subscription for many years. And I got through that, I think, I got that. It was like a cassette tape of Nintendo so like songs, music from Nintendo games. And for some reason, I, I this could be really, I have no idea why, but... For some reason, I, I think I associate the number 93 with, like, Ken Griffey baseball. Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. I don't know if that, like, that's the year it came out or if that's, if I just associate that game with that tape and that's when the tape came out. I have no idea. But for no reason that I can actually Ooh. articulate, I am associating 93 with that, that tape. Yes. I got a good one for 93. Go Deep ahead. Space Nine premiered in 1993. Ah, good show, good reference. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with that. Okay, cool. So good. See, your subconscious was helping you out. All right. So you know what? I suggest we come back through the wormhole <laughs> and uh, get back to the podcast here. Well done, sir. Because these references have gone way out into the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> uh, I didn't even I didn't even ask. How are you, James? I'm doing okay. I'm doing a lot better now just feeding off of your uh, enjoyment of the podcast. So how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I, it's, I'm not, I'm all right. I say that like, uh, I'm all right. Like, you know, it's like it's nothing. I'm doing well, James. I am doing very well. And I am happy to be podcasting with you right here as we speak. 
That's how Excellent. I'm doing it. As am I. And it's an honor. And, and we have a special guest coming up that will be joining us tonight, too, which I'm looking forward to. Yes, I will enjoy uh, podcasting with him, too, as we speak, when we speak. Yes, and I just want to say great job for the YouTube installment that you put up of showing everyone how to put a blade on a stick, a replacement blade. I thought it was brilliant, especially deck hockey specific, and was well done, but I just cannot cannot get over you. Your power saw that you have, which is, hey, here you go. You, power power, you wanna, power saw. Yeah, cut off, because uh, Gary, the brilliance of it, if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. Gary shows you how to take a one-piece stick where the blade was broken, cut it off, and then replace it with a deck hockey-specific blade, which is like hard plastic, so it lasts a lot, lot longer on the street surface as opposed to a wood blade, which is why the original stick broke in the first place and he's going through it and it's great and it's really entertaining and helpful, but he breaks out the electric saw, the power saw, which was just phenomenal. And you did a great job. So really well done. And I finally delivered on that promise that I've been making for months to deliver a, a a new YouTube video and not just a new YouTube video, but a YouTube video that is not goalie specific because my videos tend to lean towards the netminder just because that is my frame of reference so yeah I'm, I'm glad i could get that out there and i i know you're impressed with my saw but i keep telling you james it's just a basic compound miter saw i mean it's not obviously not everyone has them but they're not at all uncommon in my circle of friends you're the only one who had my family too i my great grandfather and grandfather were uh from the old country back in Italy, they were architects and construction workers and things like that. I don't think they owned their own saws outside of work. So I have much respect for you and your humility is showing again because it was such a check out, check it out for yourself, dear listener. And you, you'll be, uh, that's the greatness of the American rhino. You, you'll see for yourself. I'm the only one. <laughs> Sorry. That was a little, that, that was a Winnie the Pooh reference. I don't know if that came across. That was a like, Tigger um, Win- Winnie the Pooh. I watched a lot of Winnie the Pooh as a child. We had, um, we, you know, the like the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh or whatever was on ABC, I think. On, but but we also had like a tape where they the the one the that that special or that show movie was it a movie. I don't know the one with Pooh Bear and the he got stuck in Rabbit's house and the. Um, the, 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 the very rainy day or the blustery day or the, the heffalumps and the woozles and all that. There was a, it's like all one very special, very famous, like compilation of stories that they made into a, I, these things, my childhood, these things just, just occur to me. So, um, Winnie the Pooh and deck hockey too. But yeah, my sister-in-law, that, that's her favorite Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my wife is handing me the disc in question. Uh, it is uh, um, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the Friendship Edition. Although this mine mine was not a a fancy DVD that is uh, no doubt remastered and and all well packaged. I had taped this, or more accurately, my mother had taped this off of television, so it was just a VHS tape that we wore out. Well, wonderful assist by the birthday girl, by the way. Yes, yes, indeed. Tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Uh, she's going to be 23 and, um, (laughs) and she's laughing. Uh, My job is done. Happy wife, happy life. Um, so I am a lucky husband and I wish her all the best and a, a very, very, very happy birthday. I wish her a happy birthday in spite of the fact that she remains married to me. So, uh, you know, that's, um, and, and she's, yep, (laughs) I did it. I did it. Oh, she uh, she enjoyed that one. So uh, and continues to do so. So, um, you, James, you and you and my wife have a lot in common. Oh, OK. Anyway, I don't, well, very, I, I don't even know where to go from here. Just very happy birthday to your lovely wife from us and in, in, in the world of hockey, of uh, deck hockey. So, uh, yeah, well, let's just jump into the podcast. How about that? Is this is this? podcast still even about hockey i i don't we've wandered so far afield sweetheart james says happy birthday on behalf of the entire hockey community 
or at least the deck hockey community. I mean, he, he was it was deck hockey specific, I think. So I don't want to I don't want to erroneously w- give you well wishes on behalf of the entire hockey community because that, no, that I, wasn't that wasn't specified. Yeah, it, it was from all of hockey. Oh, okay. Uh, no, James is clarifying He's, it was on behalf of all it. of hockey. So yeah. um, happy birthday from hockey. Yeah. Okay. She says thank you. Okay, sure. All right. Okay. Great. So, assuming we still have a hockey-related podcast, which I, I I just have to take on faith at this point. Speaking of faith, by the way, I know we've we've drugged this whole thing out a little bit, but I would be remiss were I not to uh, just kind of give a, a nod, a hat tip to us from last week. If you missed it for some reason, we did not release a full episode last week, but we did have a scrimmage that was about Easter and about Passover, and about opening day, and um, about the Parks Department, and traffic, which may be worth listening to. But so if you missed that, go back and check that out, because that was, you know, a fun little diversion that James and I were able to do, and, and I'm glad we were able to get some kind of content out that was the compromise that james and i made to to just release a scrimmage so you would have something to listen to last week and and i'm still waiting for that connection between passover and opening day so if you if you've had some time to think about it and you want to shoot us an answer about how they might be connected please do so at hit the deck at gmail.com or just drop us a comment on our facebook page and and we'd be happy to uh get that information or even tweet at us at hit the deck pod that would be welcome. So uh, that being said, all of that being said, I think we should probably introduce ourselves because it's been like half an hour. and We haven't even done that yet. Not quite half an hour, but uh, it's been like uh, 12 minutes. It's been 12 yes. minutes, which yeah. is enough, enough time That's- for me to banter and ramble without having introduced myself. It just seems rude, and uh, I would like to correct that mistake. So, um, not just Especially ourselves. we have a guest, too. Yes, yes, and we have kept him waiting, and I apologize for that. So, without further ado, let's get into tonight's starting lineup, shall we? And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and, of course, my illustrious co-host... On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazi, and a special guest with us tonight. Left winger, number 42, I'm John Lenhart. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks, guys. All right, John, just hang on for uh, just a minute uh, or, or two, a minute or two, if you would not mind, because as is our custom, I am going to impose upon James to tell us what is on deck for this podcast. James, would you mind? Not at all. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Face-off circle. Mr. John Lenhart of the LIQ takes over HTD as he steps into our special interview spot and sticks around for a lot more, too. Get to know this great guy and hear what a deck teammate is supposed to be. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. And thank you, John, for joining us here on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. We're very happy to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. So for the listener out there, the first five questions we'll be asking John are specifically for the LIQ. So we've done this in the past. If uh, We haven't done it in a while, but uh, it's just kind of a getting to know you. And then from there on, we'll just be exclusively asking questions of John. So if we're all ready to go. As opposed to who else would we be asking questions to, James? Yeah, for, well, just for tonight. Yeah, but, uh, all right. exactly. All right. Okay, just, just curious. <laughs> if from now on, we're only going to ask questions of john so. right right if we uh, if yeah. we have another interviewee on the podcast we'll have to uh every time we ask them a question we'll have to call up john and find out what he thinks is that okay with you john yeah that's fine <laughs> right, great, very one-sided that, interview just take our word for it they're here yeah not that he has too many things going on in his life but anyway right so all right so uh sir john when did you start playing deck hockey I started playing deck hockey about 15 years ago, but getting you know involved in hockey, I mean, you know, being 43 years old now, I got my start in hockey when I was about nine years old. And growing up, I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of Russian kids. And, you know, suffice to say, started, you know, getting involved. They were playing hockey and I just started to play, you know, with them, you know, on a daily basis and something I enjoy doing, you know, got really good at it playing every day. 
and it just kind of, you know, took off, started to play ice hockey, started to play roller hockey. And if I wasn't home, you knew where to find me. I was at a rink somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, just continued to play all the, you know, all throughout the years, you know, travel teams, you know, rec teams, you know, in high school, we had a real competitive intramural, you know, it was called floor hockey at the time. There was no, you know, ball hockey, deck hockey, it was called floor hockey. And then after that, uh, you know, continued to play, went to St. John's. And at St. John's, we started up a, a club roller hockey team and played uh, two years there. And then after that, you know, graduated and whatnot and, you know, just continued to play. No no longer playing ice hockey, but was, you know, playing roller hockey, pickup games. And, you know, wherever I could find the game, I, I was going. And started playing deck hockey exclusively maybe, you know, for the last, you know, 10 years. Now, wait a minute. Now, Gary and I were St. John's graduates as well. I didn't know about uh, roller hockey on campus. When, when, did, when were you guys there? When did you guys uh, go to St. John's? What years were you guys there? I was there from 96 to 2000 and Gary. Yeah, I was there from 98 to 2002. Wow, so we were there at the same time because I was there from 97 to 01. Okay. And for two years, I, I mean, you know, really didn't get off the ground. You know, we, we were trying to do it and you know, tried to get, you know, club program status from the school, but... Uh, they weren't giving us any money, and you know, to travel, to, you know, to go play against other schools and colleges and whatnot. But mm-hmm. we ended up just really, you know, scrimmaging and, and playing pickup games against, I guess, like other local uh, area teams. But I'm surprised you guys never found out about it, being, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, puckheads, you well, know? <laughs> well, yeah, I got to really. say, I mean, James, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised James didn't find out about it. But I wasn't such a, I mean, I watched hockey, but I wasn't like a huge hockey fan and I had never played back then before. Back when I was in college, you could find me splitting my time between the radio station, WSJU, the voice of St. John's University, which is where I met James, and the theater, the chapel players. So okay. where did you guys play when you were in St. John's? We played, you know, from what I recall, we had a lot of our uh, practices over at the rink in Whitestone, okay. you know, where I reside. You know, rink's about five minutes from where I live right now. Mm-hmm. And we, a lot of the uh, pickup games we played, I remember, were in uh, Ridgewood, like Middle Village area. And I can't remember the name of the rink over there. It's escaping me. But there is a uh, roller hockey rink over in that neighborhood. And that's where we would meet for some practices and, you know, a lot of games. And we played a handful of games over in Astoria also. There's a rink in Astoria. So you said you were trying to get club status. Did that never come through? Never came through. Never came through. So, you know, it was was pretty much more, you know, just guys that were, you know, really into hockey that, you know, we all got together and uh, ended up playing for like two years. Uh, You know, I played for two years, you know, while I was there. And it would have been nice to, you know, to uh, get club status, but just didn't work out. Yeah, James, that, that might have been one more sport that the radio station could have covered badly. Oh, really? Well, speaking of uh, club status and, and the radio station, we knew a little bit too well about how stingy things were at St. John's over there because we were treated like the we didn't even exist, the uh, yeah. WSJU crew. So uh, that's why that really hit home. And I, I can't believe that. But uh, God bless you for fighting the good fight. And I guess eventually we were just destined to become friends. So that's, that's I'm it. Glad that, I'm, I'm sorry for the wait, but uh, I guess it was worth it. So that that's really unbelievable. But uh, Better late than never. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. John, if I'm not mistaken, your wife went to St. John's as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And now, uh, yeah, she was my better half then and even better half now. <laughs> yeah, same with me and my wife. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah. All right. So uh, any reason for question number two, John? Any reason why you chose your primary position if you did choose it? No, when I uh, got started, uh, just... You know, started playing games. It was just a position I kind of got thrown into. And, you know, from from a er- very early age, I could always, you know, kind of shoot the puck and, you know, could find the net. And guys that I started playing with, they had a little bit more experience than me. And I guess, uh, you know, they called the shots. And that's just where I ended up and just always, you know, never looked to, uh, you know, I, I kind of liked the position and, you know, kind of found my way and had success with it and just kind of stayed with it, you know, uh, left wing and, you know, off wing. And for me, it's, uh, you got more of the net to shoot at you know, as, as a righty, you know, coming in uh, the other side and uh, played against Gary a little bit. So I guess Gary can attest to that. You know, we, yeah, we play yeah. on the same team, uh, you know, a, a lot more often, but we do uh, find ourselves on opposite ends every once in a while. Yeah. John has a little bit of a shot. Just, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, he has. And hopefully we'll get a chance to practice together as a team before the tournament. John, I want to ask you a question, if you don't mind. I want to follow up on your position a little bit. Speaking for myself as somebody who has very very little offensive experience and and doesn't really have a a mastery of that side of the ball i'm curious 
we we also had a while back Brad Vonsky, who's also a member of the LIQ and who's also one of our most skilled and, and talented players. And he also prefers winger. Is there a reason why you skill guys like winger over, say, center? Well, for me, you know, just playing center... I uh, I struggle winning faceoffs, you know, okay. winning the draw. Yeah. So I think yeah. you know it, it, I I don't necessarily that that's the reason why I shy away from that position because mm-hmm. if I had to play it I, I would work more on it. I just feel for me playing wing I I just get to create some more space, you know, and okay. and, and whether that be to pass to an open teammate, you know, to set something up or just to come down to the wing and you know just with a little bit of space to be able to create you know your own shot. I think that's where uh, for, for me. <laughs> That's where it works, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, why I uh, like playing that position. And I think a lot of uh, skilled guys would tend to agree. I, I mean, you know, some may uh, some like to play the strong wing. And for me, I, I did play it at a younger age. It just wasn't it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me because, you know, if, if you're going to get up against, you know, when you get to a certain point, you're playing against real good defenders. It's even more challenging to create your shot because, you know, you, you're stick handling me as being a righty. You're stick handling away from the net. You're closer right. to the boards, right. whereas right. you got to put on a move or two to get to the middle. Sure. So off wing, you know, left wing for me is, uh, you know, it's home and uh, I enjoy playing it. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that for me. Yeah, and for thank you too. Yeah, for the listener out there, that's great advice because when you watch the NHL guys or, or whatever, uh, the the higher ups, take Alex Ovechkin for example. You know, you get those guys, especially on a on a power play or something like that. You usually put the guy with the best shot or girl with the best shot on the wing for that reason because for center you have to worry about both offense and defense and exactly taking face-offs and things like that. So there's a little bit more responsibility and wear and tear on you. So if you're putting a team together, no matter if it's deck or whatever else, whoever has the best shot, and if you have uh, to make that decision, that's a great decision to have to make. But you usually put your best shooter on the left wing if he's a righty or if he's a lefty, vice versa. So great advice there. We appreciate it, John. I have one more question about the wing just and again, this is incredibly academic and we're going a little bit into the weeds here, but so I apologize. But uh, I know as a goalie, I sometimes have problems with long shots that are basically from the boards because I guess I'm not used to seeing that angle. And if it's very accurate, then it might be a little, you know, you might be able to sneak one in in top corner. Whereas if it's coming in a little straighter, I have a better sense of where it's going. Also, it seems to me, and this is just a subjective thing to me, and I guess this is the question I'm asking you, John. Is it beneficial to have sometimes have the puck on the side with the boards almost as an extra bit of protection so somebody would have to actually come around you in order to get it instead of just being able to kind of come alongside you and try and take it away, or am I overthinking it? No, no, you're not overthinking it. I mean, when we're out there, you know, sometimes you'll see me, like I'll come down the off wing and then I'll pull back. And I'll circle back around, you know, and, and, and to your point, Gary, is, mm-hmm. you know, using the boards as like an extra defender. Right. You know, you right. circle around, you have the boards. So now, you know, when you come in, you know, let's say I'm, I'm coming down, right, and I, and I pull back and now I survey the play, right, those boards are helping me there so I could dump it back in down low. Right. Or I could look to the middle of the pass or sometimes I'll just throw it on net. Right. I was always taught from a young age, hey, throw it on net. Good things happen. Yeah. You know, so to your point, yeah, the, the boards do act as, an, you know, an extra barrier, you know, as uh, as your stick handling coming down. OK. Yeah. I've gotten burned on enough shots, you know, rebounds and deflections that I can definitely vouch for that. Throw it on the net philosophy. Yeah, it as, works. Yeah, yeah. As, as have, has every goalie. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be special in that regard. No, I, I, I'm my blood's boiling now as you guys are talking about this from the defensive instincts that are coming up, and, and I respect and love you guys more than anything. So I'm very proud of you, Gary, for keeping your cool here. But I'm getting nightmares now. So thanks a lot. I'm going to be seeing John taking <laughs> shots and burning me for the rest of the evening. Well, James, no, now you know what to look for. So <laughs> yeah, sure, it'll help strengthen you as a defensive player. I'm not blocking his shot, man. <laughs> Don't worry, we're on the same team in a couple of weeks at that tournament. Well, thank God. All right, good. I'm glad. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, getting back into yeah, growing up and, and learning the game and things like that, what is your favorite NHL team? And if it is outside of New York, why is that? 
It is outside of New York. It is the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And how that all started was my dad, his uh, favorite player growing up was Bobby Hall. And, you know, you kind of just follow the lead of your parents sometimes. And I remember watching games, you know, before we had cable, WOR, Channel 9. Yeah, man. On either Friday nights or Saturday nights, myself, my younger brother, and my dad. And it's some of the best times, you know, now that I look back on be- as being a kid. We would watch Ranger games either every Friday or Saturday night, and they would always be on the road. And we watched. It didn't matter who they played. You know, it could have been the Hartford Whalers. It could have been uh, the Colorado Rockies, you know, before, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, they became, that team became the Devils way back when. Good call, and yeah. So, so, so that's how it all started. And, you know, the love for the game and, you know, the team I root for. And fast forward to, you know, the last 10 years, three cups in the last eight years, make it a little easier to be a Blackhawks fan <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, I bet. And- yeah. Just for the listeners' information, John actually has a beautiful Hartford Whalers jersey. So, you know, kudos to you for that. Thank you. And hopefully we play on Sunday. I'll uh, wear it for you guys. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) And, yeah, John is a true, legitimate Blackhawks fan. There's no bandwagon about it. So and congratulations for the... That great run that you guys have been on over the last uh, decade or so. Was, I don't know what that's like being a Ranger fan, but but good for you guys. That's really cool. Original Six team, too. A great uh, storied history and whatnot. Yeah, it's, uh, always, so, it's yeah. always nice to see an Original Six team doing well. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and with that, who is the NHL player that influenced you the most and or is your favorite player? Probably growing up, you know, and I'm not going to stray too far from the Blackhawks, it was uh, Steve Larmer, who you guys know well because he was on that 94 Ranger Stanley Cup team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Steve Larmer, uh, you know, I, I took a liking to him, was you know, for his toughness, offensive skill, but also played great defense. Right. Great, you know, two-way player and... I think that's what drew me to him is that, you know, he, he really worked, you know, as an all around player and did, you know, whatever it took, you know, to help his team, you know, try to win a game. And yeah, that stuck with me from a young age, you know, just watching it, you know, just seeing him get to both ends of the ice, you know, whether it was like a stick check or a poke check or, you know, laying the body or, you know, going down the other end and, you know, assisting on a goal or actually scoring a goal, you know, just, you know, watching a guy play a complete game the right way is is something that is fun to watch and I think very influential on when I was a young kid growing up. I think that's an excellent example because if I were, Gary and I were to describe the player that you are, I think that's rubbed off very well because you are very much like Steve Larmer in that aspect where he's just a guy that can control a game and uh, team first mentality, which is one of the reasons why we love you so much and appreciate you so much in the LIQ. And another quick story about Larmer, too, as a matter of fact, I believe when the Rangers did win the cup in 94, there was an icing call. And then in the waning moments of game seven on the actual winning of the cup, and then they dropped the puck and it was like two seconds. It was a real big waste of time. But if you look at the still shot, and I think Messier even told this story that in the background, you see Larmer pinning up a Vancouver Canuck against the board because he was doing his job. He wasn't worrying about celebrating or anything. And then eventually he turns around and starts celebrating because the game was over and they had won the cup. So that's a perfect example of uh, the type of player that Steve Larmer was and that, that you are now, John. I mean, it could well, be argued that's interference. I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with James, John. You are pretty much the oldest player in the LIQ. And I'm not saying that as a slight, it's just factual, but nobody outworks you. You you do not let anybody on that rink surface outwork you at any given time. So that that's, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of effort to be able to do that game in and game out. And, and I have a ton of respect for how passionate you are and how dedicated you are to playing the game the right way. Thank you. That means a lot coming from both of you guys. Yeah, it's true. And it's earned. And uh, that's one of the reasons why, yeah, it, it, you're, you're the ideal teammate for anybody out there listening. And I think anybody else could vouch for that too. And that's age is just a number because uh, I'm going to be 40 and you can definitely easily run circles around me, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, so uh, for the final question of the face-off circle, did you do a lot of research before joining the LIQ and what made you decide on it over other leagues, uh, deck leagues specifically? Actually, every once in a while I would get on the uh, internet and just, you know, uh, you know, do a search and, you know, see what comes up. And, you know, over the same time, you know, the same uh, results would come up, would come up. And then finally last year, uh, maybe around March or April, the LIQ, you know, uh, site popped up and, and the group. And I was like, all of a sudden, it felt like Christmas morning. I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, where are these guys located? I'm like, you guys are, you know, 
you know, in my backyard, about 15 minutes from where I live in right. Whitestone. And I reached out to uh, Brad. Brad got back to me. I came down that first day in May. And uh, the rest is history. And I've been coming down. So uh, really didn't do any research. Once the uh, the result popped up, I kind of got right in touch. I said, you know, I'm itching to play. I, uh, I want to play. And, you know, I just it showed up. You know, didn't know what to expect. But a great group of guys. Uh, games are competitive. And look forward to, uh, you know, getting out there every week with you guys, you know. And the feeling is mutual, John. Yeah, for the listeners who may not be local to New York, it's not... So New York has a lot of hockey fans and a lot of people who like to play hockey. But unfortunately, the leagues, most of them are located either on Long Island or in Manhattan. There aren't a lot of leagues to be found in the Brooklyn and Queens area. So that's kind of how we wound up playing where we do and, and you know, some have gained some of the uh, players that we've been able to, to get. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity to be able to play. So I'm happy that we all have that opportunity. Yeah. And that's all thanks to Brad too. So it's, it's worked well. We've had a couple of new off the top of my head, obviously John, Sean is uh, our newest member who just joined up and uh, Chris. So, uh, and I believe Chris is going to join us in the Rose charities tournament, correct? Yes, he is. Okay, cool. So uh, well done, Brad. Uh, You've done a great job with uh, recruiting some fantastic talent. Yeah, and I want to give a special shout-out to Sean here on the podcast because he is a listener, and that's how he found us, and he's uh, he comes all the way from Suffolk. So he's oh, wow. definitely a gamer. So um, that's if you're not local, that's a that's a bit of a hike. That's over an hour drive to play some hockey on uh, you know Saturday or Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, I <laughs> good on him. Thank you for thank you for listening and thanks for playing, Sean. Amen to that. So, John, as we've alluded to, you are a very talented, unselfish player. He's the type of player that can literally take over a game, yet he chooses to pass, take shifts and help his teammates with advice. So, John, where did you get this fantastic attitude from? Uh, when I started playing years ago. I was fortunate enough to have coaches that just, you know, kind of instilled and, you know, taught me how to play the game the right way. And, you know, there, there, there were, I had teammates that were selfish, you know, that, uh, you know, would be losing a game and, you know, they only cared about scoring and they sat and, you know, I would observe this, you know, and watch and, you know, this, you, you know, it, it was the coach's way and they, he instilled it at a very young age and uh, you did things the right way or you weren't on the, you know, you weren't playing, you you, know, you weren't getting on the uh, rink for roller hockey or you weren't getting on the ice for ice hockey. And uh, that just kind of stuck with me. And as I get older now, looking back, it's really important to me to play the game the right way and to pass that along. So, like, let's you know, coming down to the LIQ, there are guys that are young. Well, everybody's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, some of the younger guys, you know, that I consider kids that may not have been playing, you know, long or, you know, not, you know, too long. And I kind of just want to take them under my wing and show them, you know, that this is the way to play the game the right way and, uh, you know, pass on to them what was given to me. And hopefully they could do it, you know, for the next generation of guys that, you know, come into play. And, you know, it all goes back to just, you know, doing whatever it takes, you know, to help to give your team a chance, you know, to, to win a game. You know, you have a goalie back there, you know, Gary's, you know, Ben, Ben, my, our goalie, you know, for a handful of games, you know, over the year that I've been playing and we'll do anything, whatever it takes to try to get him a W, you know, if that means, going and winning a 50-50 and, and scrapping and, you know, whatever, you know, taking a couple of, uh, you know, shots, you know, in the corner, you know, making a pass, you know, whatever it takes, you know, diving to just stop a shot. You know, it, it's more than just, you know, scoring a goal. And, you know, if I could uh, lead by example and show some of these younger guys that there's more than just, uh, you know, putting the uh, ball in the net, you know, to help your team win, then uh, then I've done my job. And, and I'm happy about that, you know. John, I want to, I got to follow up here. And it, it's kind of a segue sort of to the next thing but how is it uh, is it i guess is there a difference your son is a, a a great player in his own right he's very young but he he's come out and he's played with us and he's clearly got a passion for the game and so my question to you is is there a difference or, and if so what is the difference between how you teach your son how to play the game and 
how you kind of train and coach the younger guys that we play with? Well, Nolan, you know, our son, he's, uh, he's four years old, you know, and I try to keep it fun with him, you know, and, you know, we'll go to the rink in my neighborhood, you know, two, three times a week, or I have, you know, a, a little uh, mini bower net set up in, uh, <laughs> in our apartment that, mm-hmm. uh, I have a great wife <laughs> that she allows us <laughs> that she allows us to play hockey in the apartment, uh-huh. and I try to keep it fun for him. You know, structured at times. You know, teaching him. You know, bringing him along. You know, whether it be stick handling or uh, you know how to pass or you know how, how to you know hold the stick and how to shoot. You know, but uh, it's got to be fun because if it's not fun at four years old, it'll never be fun. Right. Amen. You know, so so there's got to be a little bit of a, a give and take and a healthy balance, and uh, and I find it works because. There are days where he comes to me and he goes, Dad, are we going to the ring today? Or, Dad, can we uh, can we uh, shoot a little bit? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I let him go at his pace, you know. And don't don't get me wrong. There's days where I'm like, hey, Nolan, let's go to the rink. You know, Dad, yeah. Dad wants to shoot. Dad wants to get outside for a little <laughs> bit, you know. So uh, I, I think from, from that standpoint, and to answer your question, it, it's got to be fun at any age, right? Or else, you know, why are you playing? You know, there's mm-hmm. got to be there's got to be a passion and, and, and the game has got to be fun for you. But uh, I think it really, at, at four years old, you really have to stress the importance of it being fun. Whereas, you know, some of the guys that are, you know, the younger guys in the LIQ in their 20s and whatnot, whereas, you know, you could get on them a little bit, you know, if they make a mistake or if they're being lazy or if they're not hustling, you know, during a game. So I, I think that's where uh, my approach differs. Do you plan on trying to put him in an organized league of some sort when he's old enough? I was thinking about it now out in St. James. And you want to talk, you know, you uh, alluded to Sean, our newest member, a couple of minutes ago. You know, he's out in Suffolk County. St. James is about an hour and five minute drive mm-hmm. from where mm-hmm. we live now. And I'm seriously considering it because, you know, he does he does. You know, he, he loves it. He loves to play. And, you know, as a parent, you, you, you want your kids, you want to give your kids the, the opportunities for something that they enjoy, right? And that they may be good at. You know, you, you don't want to shy away from it. But that's the only program, and that's the closest distance that offers a structured program at four years old. They, they go from four to six, and then I guess they go seven to nine. So I've done some research on it. It's a good program. And I'm still wrestling with the idea because, again, it's an hour and five minutes each way. But, yeah, of course. you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, but again, I mean, I, I've driven an hour each way to play games, you know. So sure. uh, <laughs> so if I could do it for myself, I could definitely do it for my little guy, you know. Yeah, of course. James, your nephew just concluded a uh, sequence, maybe, would we say, uh, like a, a, a short season of deck hockey mm-hmm. in Jersey. Yep. How much coaching did he get in his team or was it just kind of go out and everybody have fun? Yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I want to be very respectful to the guys that conducted the league of and course. I was there for the first day. So I never got a chance to show my nephew how to hold a stick or do anything like that. Like anytime we played, we were kind of like horsing around and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the coaches were very patient and uh, about our ages, our age range and things like that. So they started teaching him the basics of puck handling, how to position yourself, how to stand, but they didn't go to the basics of actually holding the stick properly. And there was, I don't know, I guess about 20 kids or so, and, and this was about seven-year-olds mm-hmm. and thereabouts. Overall, it was great. They all had fun, and exactly just like John, they emphasized the fun part, and everybody played every position. So they were on wing, they were centers, they were defense, and even in goal, which um, I was very proud to see. My nephew out there looking like the American Rhino, which just melted my heart. Yeah. Because uh, as we've said before, my sister-in-law and my brother's favorite goalie of all time is Mr. Mike Richter, as somebody else's, as we all know and love, <clears throat> American Rhino. But uh, yeah, so from there, it seemed like they did baby steps. And, and as John was saying, to keep it fun. And if anybody screwed up or whatever the case was, no one was yelling. No one was intimidating. It was all about building confidence and getting the fundamentals to if they wanted to continue to do so. So yeah, it was about, I don't know, maybe a month or two, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say between six to eight weeks all told. And they ended up playing a game at the end or at least a couple of games and it worked out well. So that's exactly what you guys were talking about, especially you guys being parents that for young kids who are interested in it, it, and, and you're allowed to watch and, and sit by and, and see what's going on and everything too, which is encouraged because they want everybody to be safe as well which is very important. And uh, yeah, there was a couple of kids that didn't want to be there, but then maybe they just kept with it and kids that were a little bit better than others who had experience and stuff. But I think they did a great job overall. 
And the final uh, notice is that my nephew wants to continue. He's even considering roller hockey now. So I think nice. they, yeah, they achieved the goal that they wanted to do. And just speaking for my nephew, it seemed to be a great success. One last question about the youth hockey before we move on with John. Did they emphasize, you said they didn't teach them how to properly hold a stick. Did they emphasize to keep your stick down? Because that seems like a fundamental that a lot of players don't pick up. So I'm just wondering if that's something they emphasize in them at that early of an age, especially with the safety concerns that I'm sure they have at that age. Exactly right. Yes, they keep the stick down and they showed them how to pass properly with their hands up at the end of the stick and follow through and spin it from the heel to toe and point where you want the puck to go. And yes, keep the stick down. Always be ready for the pass. They showed them how to pass and how to receive passes by catching the puck with the uh, stick as opposed to just keeping it down and letting it bounce off or bounce up over and things like that. And, and always be, yes, in shooting position. And they did a great job. Yeah, once they, they got the real fundamentals down and the groundwork laid, they were able to build up off of that. And again, I was only there for the first day. But yeah, yeah. from what my sister-in-law and, and uh, my brother say, they did a fantastic job. And again, the result is, speaks for themselves that my nephew loved it and he wants to continue playing. That's that's great. And yeah. uh, if he wants to continue playing, he should be in good shape. And John is in great shape. So, <laughs> John, I, I'm going to be, you know, we're going to be selfish here and ask you to Im impart your wisdom to us since you, no joke, you probably are one of the best conditioned guys that we play with. As, as even being the oldest player, you are, as James said before, you can run circles around probably both of us. So since you are in such great shape, do you have any advice for uh, any other deck players, perhaps some of them who you might be conversing with right now, about <laughs> uh, how we can improve our cardio and our game skills? Sure. The training that I like to do, mirrors the, the game in itself so like i'll do a lot of like interval or like intermittent training whereas like if i'm outside like i'll go to the rink and i'll run on the surface that i'm going to be playing on like i won't run on grass because you're not playing on grass you know mm -hmm. so i'll get to the rink and i'll run let's say from the goal line you know to the red line and back you know jog it you know do like a full sprint to center ice back to the goal line then maybe jog the length of the whole rink and back you know and Get your rest, do, you know, 60, 70%. And I, I try to mirror it in a game. Like, you know, when we're out there playing, I don't run full speed the entire game. You know, you kind of pick your spots. You know when you're going to be involved in a play. You know sure. when you have to go hard for one play that you may win a 50-50 or, you know, go chase a puck and, and create like an odd man or something like that. So a, a lot of interval training as far as like the running to keep the cardio up works for me. As far as you know, keeping the body in shape. I do a lot of the uh, resistance bands. I don't, you know, not a lot with like weights and whatnot. I, I think just because of the age now being 43 years old, the, uh, the resistant band training seems to work a lot for me. And the recovery time is good. I mean, you know, after we play the next day, I'm a little sore and whatnot, but um, by, you know, the second day, you know, I I'm good. And you know, this uh, kind of workout's been working for me. I, I think it would help others. And you know, just I just try to keep it simple. You know, nothing. Uh, you know, no, nothing too uh, advanced. And you know, it, it should work. All right. You're always the first one there when we play. Do you have a set pregame routine, or does it just depend on how you feel that day? No, I do. And when I do get a ride, and we get there like ten minutes before, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> When I walk in, I don't know if it's noticeable, but I'm annoyed. But when I drive on my own, I try to get there about an hour before. And I'll uh, lightly stretch, I'll lightly jog. I'll do lunges, reverse lunges, really get the legs, you know, nice and loose. I come out with a with a heavy ball, like a stick handling ball. Mm -hmm. And I'll use that and, I'll, you know, I'll go around the court a little bit, go around cones, you know, get the hands loose. And uh, then after that, pretty much uh, that takes about a good 20 minutes. Then I'll take my time putting my gear on and, you know, a lot of other guys, you know, start rolling in by then and, you know, the nets are up and, uh, you know, start shooting and stuff. And, and I, and I uh, I'm very, uh, very routine oriented as far as my preparation, you know, during the week, you know, the day of the game. And for me, it's calming when, when you, when you stick to a routine and, and you've, you've had success with it, it's, it's very calming as a player. So uh, I found what works for me. Others, you know, you could pick and, you know, pick from certain, you know, players and whatnot, and then you formulate what will work for you. And that's what I've done. And, you know, it, it works for me. So I, uh, I stick with it. And, that, and that's pretty much what I do. I love your point about the resistance bands, too, because that's excellent, especially for us older folks. 
because they're much easier on the joints. And, you know, if you're a little bit older or uh, if you're a catcher in baseball, say, just getting up and down really takes its toll because your knees are really in such bad shape and things of that nature. So things like cycling and, and swimming are designed to get the cardio and your muscular tonage in uh, shape as well, if that's even a term or whatever the case is, but it's much easier on your joints. So excellent advice there. Appreciate that, John. Thank you. Well, one thing that we're all going to have to be in great shape for is the upcoming 2018 Rose Charities Tournament. Now, if you were listening to the podcast last year around this time, you know that we had a few episodes dedicated to this. We had Rachel Green, one of the tournament organizers, on, and she told us all about the tournament and what the money goes to and how they set things up and how the game is played at these tournaments and what have you. So if you missed that, go back and check that out. That was episode 50... 50, 50 no, 32... James, just tell me what number it is. 53. Okay. James is trying to be <laughs> slick and give you hand signals like... Uh, I'm not that bright, James. So yes, 53. If you go back and listen to episode 53, then you can uh, hear that interview with Rachel Green. And if you, oh, you know what? It's right here on the on-deck paper that James prepared for the interview, and I didn't even bother to read it. So if only I had bothered to do my research, which in this case consists of looking down at a paper which is literally sitting right next to me, I would have known it was episode 53. So that's on me. I apologize, James. That's quite all right. And the tournament is April 21st coming up this year, by the way, the uh, Rose Charities. Yeah, so it is in Lower Manhattan in Tanahee Park, and I believe it's registration starts around nine so if you want to register before that please look up the rose charities tournament you can just google rose charities tournament and it should come right up otherwise we have links to it on our facebook page so you can check it out there but it really is a great cause the the money goes to help people in third world countries and it's a, it's a fun day you get to meet new people it's very competitive but most people aren't jerks you know most people are just out there to have a good time and you're guaranteed 3 games and if you do really well you could get even more so it's a it's a good day of hockey so you know if you are in the area or you know relatively close to the area and you are interested, please consider checking that out. You might even wind up on a team with James and John and myself. Yeah, and if anything, you go out and see John play and see that we're not just blowing smoke. It's true that he's that good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> still, still have a little bit left in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, John, being that this tournament is a bit more of an uh, involved thing than what we normally do in the LIQ, do you need to do any special preparation or are you planning to do any special preparation prior to the tournament to get yourself ready for it? Um, well, I, I mean, I go to the rink, you know, a couple of, a couple of days a week, you know, sometimes, you know, on my own or, you know, with the Nolan and I, I, I may, I, I may stretch it out a little bit as far as my preparation, you know, as far as the stick handling, as far as the shooting may take the drills, you know, a step further, uh, knowing that, you know, we're playing on a full, uh, full size rink now. And not, not a uh, modified, you know, three on three like in the LIQ. So that, to answer your question, you know, may, maybe just get a little bit more running in as far as my stick handling and, uh, you know, stuff like that and, you know, getting the body moving. But um, yeah, I'm not, not, not going to stray too far from uh, the preparation. I'm pretty, pretty much, you know, stay with, you know, what I usually do. All right. That's good to know. Now, you, John, you told me that we were going to uh, get me my first win in the Rose Charities Tournament. So hopefully that will be my great game story for the next time that I have uh, one of these questions put to me. But since that hasn't happened yet, James and I want to know, do you have any great war stories from all of your years playing hockey that you would share? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yes, I do. I have... Uh... Well, I'll give you one. Um, when I was playing, uh, actually, there's three. And one's ice hockey, one's roller hockey, and then one was uh, competitive intramural floor hockey in high school. Sure. So I'll start, with the, I'll start with the ice hockey one. It was at World's Fair, the World's Fair rink, which mm -hmm. is uh, down by City Field now, which back then it was, you know, uh, Shea Stadium. Yep. And we were in there and, uh, you know, we practiced there, play our games there, play for the New York Stars. Oh, uh, wow. The program doesn't exist anymore, but when I was a kid, that was a... Uh, that was one of the local programs. And we uh, we used to go down there. We used to pay 10 bucks every Monday and Thursday night, and we would go puck shooting for two hours. Mm -hmm. You know, and they would supply the goalies. And, 
we used to go every Monday and Thursday night. So we were in there one night and, uh, you know, working on, you know, passing around, you know, shooting on a net. And, you know, some uh, some players come in from a local rival team. And I'm going behind the net, you know, to uh, to go retrieve a pass or whatnot. Some guy takes a uh, shot right at me, mm. you know, shoots the puck right at me, I, I guess, to, you know, start something. All I can tell you is all hell broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, that's a little bit of a memorable story as far as <laughs> ice hockey goes. Then we'll, uh, I guess we'll go a few years. Uh, we'll uh, fast forward a few years. And James, you're a Brooklyn guy, so we uh, I played for the College Point Stars in roller hockey, and we were playing a tournament over at uh, Kings Bay, the hockey rink over there. Okay. And I scored two goals in my first tournament game there, which wow. was very memorable, and I, I remember it. I also I think I uh, got called for about two or three penalties in that game too. So I think I was in the penalty box more than uh, more than I may have been on the rink. Going for a Gordie Howe uh, hat trick? Two, two goals and three penalties. I guess that's a busy night, right? Yeah, absolutely. And John, then yeah, we'll no. fast forward to uh, my uh, junior year in high school, and I scored an overtime goal to clinch intramural the uh, hockey, you know, the hockey uh, title. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get to the locker room, and uh, all the players on the winning team got uh, championship T-shirts. Nice. Needless to say, guy on uh, who came up short on the uh, other team that we beat in the title game, we get into the locker room and he rips my T-shirt. Oh, rips it right in half. He pulls like a Hulk Hogan move, <laughs> right? So uh, a whole scrap breaks out in the locker room. I get detention for like a month. Oh, no. And funny story is the guy that did it. He lives in my neighborhood. I just saw him last Thursday. Oh, <laughs> we stopped and we're talking. So I mean, you can't make the stuff up. But uh, you know, looking back, all in good fun. You know. Mm-hmm. So you there, uh, there to, are some memorable moments. You should bring him down to play sometime. His, uh, he was okay. His older brother was some hockey player. Mm-hmm. Oh. So may have to ask him if he's still playing, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'll bring him out. You know, John, yep. uh, you you talking about how you scored goals and took penalties in that tournament reminds me. So this is a few years ago. James and I went to a game for a team that's not there anymore, the Brooklyn Aviators, which – played at the uh, Aviator Arena in Brooklyn. And this was like an independent hockey league that they were trying to start up. And it didn't really go anywhere. But so I I forget what team they were playing, but it was another independent team. And so I guess this this other team wasn't having a good period because by the end of the first period, the, the team had taken so many penalties at the start of the second period. Both teams lined up, uh, you know, faced off on the ice with five aside. And on the visiting bench, there were three people left. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> even have enough yeah. for a full line change. Everybody else was in the penalty box. The The yep. goalie had been thrown out. The starting goalie had been thrown out for arguing a, a goal and winging a puck at a referee's head and missing by inches. Yep. So that, that team had some discipline problems. Sounds like a lot of fun. It was, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, was, we it was a lot of fun. The only, uh, the only thing that James and I didn't enjoy necessarily was when we were kind of making fun of the person who was singing the national oh, anthem no. because was, this person was really, really bad. And then, like, we discovered shortly thereafter that his girlfriend or whatever was sitting, like, two rows in front of us and probably heard the whole thing. <laughs> A night to remember. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that that's definitely along the vein of your three great stories, which are phenomenal. Exactly. You can't make this stuff up. The beauty of hockey. That's it. Yeah, a lot of opportunities to have a fun time. Yes, sir. So finally, to wrap things up. Speaking of fun times. Yes. John, have you and your family thought out from the Winter Classic game at City Field back in January 1st? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yesterday. It only Good. took okay. about three months. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Four, four degrees at the start of the third period. But you know what? I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. You are a man because just watching it on TV at home, I was shivering. So God bless you. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. No, 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 Nolan made it through two periods. So God bless him. T- 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 tougher, than, tougher than me. <laughs> and, and, and a lot more than I am, too. So well done. You're doing a great job raising that young man. James Thank and you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, James and I went to opening day uh, for the Mets at City Field last week. And... We were just remarking how 
crazy it was that since the last time we had been there, because we went to the last Mets game last year and the first one this year. So we were just remarking how crazy it was that between those two games, they played a professional hockey game <laughs> at that stadium. So it still blows my mind, but it must have been yeah. a, a great game. I mean, it was a great game watching on TV. So It was. It, it was a lot of fun and uh, something I'll always remember. And, uh, you know, being lucky enough to take my little guy, it's uh, definitely a nice memory. A cold yeah. memory, but a nice memory. Sure. Well done. So, John, before we let you go, is there anything else you uh, care to talk about or anything you care to add? Uh, Yeah. After I wrap up with you guys, I'm going to go watch uh, Notre Dame in the uh, college uh, hockey Frozen Four. Uh, so let's go Irish. <laughs> All right. Let's go Irish. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. Hopefully see you guys on uh, Sunday for hockey. Yes, yep. sir. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. We appreciate you Thank coming you. on the podcast, John. So we'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. Thanks. Great stuff. Again, yeah, thank you so much, John. That was a fantastic interview, and we really mean that. If you don't believe us, come out and check him out for yourself on the LIQ or even, as we were saying, for the, the Rose Charities game on April 21st if you want to meet John for yourself and see what a good hockey player, a good deck hockey player is supposed to be all about. Yeah, John's a good player, a good father, and a good guy. So, John, thank you again for joining us here on the podcast. It was a great interview. We really appreciate, appreciate, we, we, we appreciate, we also appreciate your doing that. And, uh, you know, you have, uh, once again, you have selflessly made our hockey experience better. And we are in your debt for that, sir. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. So with that being said, we are going to once again thank our guest, John Lennart, for joining us here on the pod. Thank you to his wife and son for letting him come on the podcast and talk to us and, and just sharing him with us and, and letting us play hockey with him. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Nolan. And, uh, and thank you, John's wife, who I know the name of, but he didn't drop it, so I don't want to just put it out there i'd also like to thank pops for being the voice of the podcast thank you to anthony sajazi for providing us with music used on this very podcast the liq for sound effects used in the podcast thank you to listeners like you who listen to the podcast and give us the ability to make this podcast for you give us the incentive to sit here and record this podcast for you week in and week out we really appreciate it, and we could not do it without you. One other thing we cannot do without you is uh, have subscribers. If we don't have you, we don't have subscribers. So I would encourage you, please, 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 if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or the Podbean app, or any other place where you normally get your podcasts. And if we're not on that platform, let us know, and we will get all up on that platform. And another place that you can check out our podcast and our video content is our YouTube channel at Hit The Deck Podcast on YouTube. As James mentioned at the top, you can check out, if you have not already done so, my video where we show you how to repair the blade of a broken hockey stick, and so, you know, you can use that and it may not be your A stick, but it's definitely a serviceable B stick you will have at the end for cheap. And, uh, you know, you don't have to throw out that shaft and, and, and you have yourself, you still have yourself a hockey stick. So that's good. If you haven't seen how that works, go to our YouTube channel and check that out. And if you would like to comment or contact us in any way, if you'd like to let us know about something you'd like to see or hear on the podcast, if you have a comment or a remark about something that we've discussed on the podcast, or maybe you think you have what it takes to be a guest on this podcast, regardless, if you want to get in touch with us, there are myriad ways of doing so. You can email us at hit the deck, D-E-K, deck, hit the deck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hit the deck pod on Twitter, not hit the deck. Some guy named Declan has that Twitter handle and hasn't tweeted for three years now and he doesn't deserve it because he seems like a jerk. But anyway, uh, we are hit the deck pod. So if you want to tweet at us, make sure you, you, you drop that pod on the end. Instagram, which we don't update that often, but I have a feeling that when we hit that uh, Rose Charities tournament, I have a feeling we're going to have some Instagram, some some gram content for you, some premium grams for you there. We're, we're at Hit the Deck and the Facebook. 
we will not steal your information, but we will be happy to communicate and inform you via our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash hit the deck. So please, uh, and, and, and of course, the YouTubes, which, uh, as I just mentioned, we are Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. So all that being said, James, is there anything that you would care to add? You nailed it all. Thank you, sir. Just for a teaser for the next edition of Hit the Deck, we will get to more about the Rose Charities Tournament and another deck tournament coming up in your local area, too. So just join us again for the next edition, and thanks for listening to this one. Yes, thank you very, very, very much. And so, of course, we would care to leave you with the sentiment that whether you are a long, long experienced player or somebody who's just picking up the game for the first time, whether you are a man who is in or perhaps a little past his prime, or whether you are a young woman who is just blossoming into the flower of life, whether you are looking at me funny like my wife is at the moment, or whether you are just chuckling along with the rest of us, regardless of what you are doing, I would urge you to remember that it is deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, high school wasn't fun for me either. I wouldn't go back if you promised me a billion dollars. Upon further review. Oh. What the hell was that? <laughs> I leaned on my iPad with my elbow. Yes, my life sucks. That The call stands. <laughs> I should be crying, not laughing, but okay. Toronto is a cruel mistress.